The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And today we are talking about happiness, and we're talking about focus. My guest is Asia Sharif Clark. She's the founder of the Center uh, Centered Self Worldwide. In 90 days, she takes women from overworked and overwhelmed to relaxed and energized without feeling guilty. Asia creates empowering experiences for women around the country and around the world, inspiring women to design the identity and the life they want. She's the author of three books, Create Your Work, Create Your Wealth, Five Ideas to Feed Your Family and Feed Your Soul, You Time, How to Care for You While You Care for Them, and Love You, Eight Lessons for the Heart and Soul. Asia keeps herself centered by dancing and reading and spending time with family and friends. And when she's not working, she's playing with watercolor or reading at a local cafe or sipping a smooth vanilla latte. And she doesn't miss her naps. So we'll have to talk about the importance of naps. Welcome, Asia. Oh, thank you, Patricia, for having me. You know, as someone who focuses on women's well-being, what led you to focus on unhappiness at work? Ooh. Well, Patricia, for me, I, I noticed that we're experiencing a shift in our lives, in our professional lives, and two things are happening. Many of us fear the uncertainty of uh, jobs being lost, so we're losing jobs, um, and those who still have them are afraid of losing them. And in some cases, we're talking about losing jobs that are mentally or even spiritually leaving us empty. And so we feel torn because we still want to make a living. We don't want to be ungrateful for what we have, but um, the job is not fulfilling. So we're torn between making a living and creating a life that we love. And so I wrote Create Your Work, Create Your Wealth, because I wanted us to replace that fear with creativity. And I feel like creativity really evaporates fear. And through creativity, we can create work that feeds our families and feeds our soul. Absolutely. And I think that that message of creativity is so important. But some people have creativity and they sit on it, Asia. In other words, it gets stifled. They're so consumed with their job and so consumed with family chores and things outside of their work. They don't have time for their creative energies. What do you say to that? 
That's a very good question. And I'm going to use myself as an example. I have been a, uh, a retired teacher for years. I'm only 42, but I voluntarily uh, retired. And uh, that was a huge problem because, you know, you're working, you know, 12, 13-hour days, and then you come home and you have enough energy to barely throw something together for dinner, and you're just zapped. And so um, it, you almost feel like you're living a double life. I know for me, my creativity only took place on a Saturday morning, and that's why that coffee, that little vanilla latte became so important because I would just try to get an accountability buddy, someone who was of like mind, who I could bounce around ideas off of. I have a good friend, Lisa. And we would call each other, even if it was just once every two weeks, to say, what are you working on? Do you have a new idea? And and we really encouraged each other, and we've been doing that for about about 12 years now. But I found that the day-to-day was easier to get through when I knew that I had that to look forward to um, at the end of the week, to just be able to have one person who I could share, we could share each other's light with. To say, so what you're saying so is what you working on? something, <laughs> you know, that's creative in your life or that you really love doing. Uh, you know, grab five, ten minutes a day and do it. Right. And it doesn't even have to be ten minutes a day because I know that, you know, in the world we're given so many messages about something that almost becomes like another chore where it's like, you know, do this each day or do this each week. But even if you don't get around to it um, until you think about it, that way you don't feel like it's a burden on you. You just feel like, you know what, this is something I'm inspired to do at this moment. But just to keep that light shining. Absolutely. Now, you have seven signs when someone's unhappy at work. What should listeners look for? Oh, well, I'll go ahead and go through the seven signs. And the uh, sign number one, and this is one I've experienced, and I have a lot of good friends, women tell me about this all the time, and this is you feel sadness or uneasiness on Sunday evenings. And I call it the Sunday night blues, where you really have to muster up some excitement to try to get yourself ready. It's like you have to psych yourself out to get yourself ready for the week. But I call it the Sunday night blues, when you feel this sadness or uneasiness on a Sunday evening every week. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, so you're saying if you keep getting that, it means that there, there's an anticipatory... Uh, Anxiousness about going to work the next day. Exactly. Exactly. If it's happening it, every Sunday or every day before you go back to work. Absolutely, Patricia. If it's on a regular basis, it's something we want to look out for. Um, and then sign number two is, um, let's say you've, you know, you got up Monday morning and you're getting ready to hop in the car, but you feel anxious before or during your commute. And you're finding it difficult to enjoy the ride. You, you just can't be in the moment. I mean, the whole ride, you're kind of anxious. And it's not just about the traffic on the road. It's maybe your mind's thinking about something that's going on that day. But you're just anxious about, here we go again. You know, okay, it's the same thing, different day. Here we go. And so it's really hard to, um, to just really be at peace about the day because you're so anxious about it. Hmm. Number two, um, you feel anxious before or during your commute. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the one we were just talking about. That one, again, it's, 
you know, you just find it difficult to enjoy the ride. You just can't be in the moment. You are, you're just anxious about the events that are coming up. All right. And then when you walk in the door, I'm going to read these. You sigh deeply before you walk in the door. The moment you arrive, you're ready to go home. You watch the clock. You struggle to focus and you force yourself to finish the job. Well, those are pretty clear signs. Yes. And their behaviors. And the reason that I wanted to share the behaviors um, is because if you find yourself, again, going back to number three, if you sigh deeply before you walk in the door, it's like you get out your car and you're heading in and before you go, it's like, okay, here we go again. And it's like, what's that about? It's almost like you're arming yourself mentally or emotionally uh, for what lies ahead. So you, it's almost like you have to prepare yourself for battle when you go into the workplace. So, you know, if you have one or more of these, okay, you feel uneasy on Sunday evening, you're anxious before your commute or during your commute, you sigh when you walk in the door, you're ready to go home when you get there, you're watching the clock, you're struggling to focus, and you're forcing yourself to finish your job. You know, those are strong. So if you start feeling those, um, many times people get anxious or depressed. What can you do about it? I mean, really, what can you do to change that if you're truly unhappy, Asia? You know, I I love the fact that this is all about happiness. And again, it is a process. But one of the things we can do, and I'd love to do it right now, is just a small how to overcome it, a small three-minute exercise. And, again, it's not a cure at all. It is a beginning of thinking creatively. And so this three-minute exercise is just simply three questions. So, you know, those who are listening, if your listeners have a moment and they can just sit quietly for a second, just reflect on these three questions. Um, But the first question is ask yourself what work would give you so much joy that you couldn't wait for the sun to rise to get started. Mm, So it's almost the opposite, isn't it? It's interesting because step one on signs that you're unhappy at work is you feel sadness or uneasy on Sunday evenings, and you're saying that morning when you wake up or the night before, you go for the opposite. What brings you joy? Exactly. But what if what brings you joy is something that you can't do that night or the next day because you're going to work? Ah, that's a really good, that's a really good point. Let me share a little, a uh, really quick story. John Grisham, wonderful author of all the books, The Firm and The Client, all the lawyer books. He used to um, write before he went to work in the morning. Now, of course, I'm not saying that that's what we should all do, but he loved to write. But he had to practice law because law put food on the table and law um, fed his family, and that's how he made his living. So what I would say, number one, is I would keep a journal of what brings you joy. Forget about at this point the fact that we have to get to work because we do have, you know, um, material needs that have to be met that day. But at least we'll have a sense of what it is. So what I want people to do is just get in touch with what that is. It doesn't matter that you can't do it in that moment. It may be six months down the line. It may be a couple years down the line. But the point is it gives them hope because they feel like, you know what, I'm not going to be in this position forever. I actually have a plan. I actually have something in the future that's going to bring me more happiness that I'm It's interesting when you say that because there are certain goals and certain things that have been in my mind for probably the last year or two. 
Right. And I'm now I'm now in the position where I'm going to be able to implement them. And it's so uh, interesting yeah. because it, it's, you know, and, and now it's very easy because I'm saying, okay, now I'm ready. We're going to do A, B, C, D, and E, which I couldn't do before. Right. And so it's, it's really, um, it's nice in that respect because it's so, it's so strongly embedded in my brain because it's been right. there for a year or two. Yeah. So now and when the time is right, time. I can just say, okay, that's it. That's it because it's taken root, Patricia. It's taken root. It's almost like when I tell myself, oh my God, I have this dream of buying three acres of land and I just want to move out to the country so I can write and have more time to write. And for years I thought about it and I just wrote it down. So anytime I would feel down, I would feel, God, you know, I'm not in that position yet. I would look back at that. I would keep looking at the, at the, uh, the real estate section. And then of course we just bought this July. 2.96 acres, so I rounded it up to three acres. But it was years, but the point is that it gave me hope, and I think that that's what we need to inspire us to say, even if today I'm not in the position I want to be in, at least I know where I want to go. It's like having a map. At least well, I and know I think where something I else go. with that too, Asia. For me, I've always seen myself eventually there. So even though yeah. I had a situation and I knew it was there. I never, I always knew, or I always felt that in some, at some point it wouldn't be there. And I saw right. it as not being there, even though it was there. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting what I call this. And when, when people ask me, well, what do you call this work? Because this is, I read somewhere that you can never make money from things you really love to do that you have to choose either you're going to find a job that pays the bills um, and be unhappy, you know, or maybe sort of happy, or you're going to be poor. And this is kind of the, you know, and I, and I have interviewed people, talked to people all walks of life who have found the way to take what makes them happy and to actually create good income from it. And so what I call right, but that. But there's something point, that you just said. What you just said that I think is important for the listeners is you said, you know, people say, I cannot make money from what I love. And once you believe that, it'll never happen. Exactly. Exactly. And what I call it, I actually call, Patricia, I call it joy work. And so mm -hmm. I was actually going to call the book joy work, but I didn't because people would say, well, what is that? But this is what joy work is for all of the dear listeners. This is my definition. Joy work, it's a work that's a deep reflection of who you are. Mm. Hmm. I can say that about what I do. Who you are. And it, it, yeah, yeah, and that is a gift. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And you are the master, I have to tell you. You're the master at it. Um, and we can tell that it's you. It's an extension of you. It's exactly, it's an extension mm. of you. Um, and also, yeah, and, and, work, and I want to say something about that for listeners. It, that doesn't mean that it's easy, Asia. Oh, that's right. You no, know, oh, it yes, doesn't. Yes. I mean, it, it, there, there come, you know, there's a lot to what I do in which I have to make things work. The work yes. itself comes easy, but in anything you do, once it becomes a business, it's not just about the work, it's also about the business aspect. Exactly. Exactly. But if but you then, love, if you love what you do and you really have that mission, you just, it overrides everything. So you find yes. a way to make it happen. You just figure mm -hmm. it out. 
You do. But you know what? I love what you said, that it's not easy. And that's why the why is so important. The why is so important because it's not just about what you do. It's why you do it. And so that is really your fuel, your energy, your fire that keeps it in the belly to say, you know, if it kills me, I'm going to get this done because this means more to me than anything at this point. And that's what we need to keep going. It's the why. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I interrupted you, but I don't, I didn't forget. We were talking about one of the first things you do is you wake up in the morning and you turn it around and you say, what would bring me joy? What's another thing that you can do when you're in a job that you're not happy with to, to turn this around? One of the other things you could do is um, I've found this really helpful. If you're in a job and you know that you're going to be in this job for a little while, and I mean more than a year or more, if you know that you're going to be there a year or more, then you start to think of, is it the job itself? And this is kind of introspective and reflective. Is it something in the job that you do enjoy, or is it the way you do the job? For example, sometimes we don't need to change work. Sometimes we need to change how we do the work. Maybe we've been doing the same work for five years and it no longer challenges us. So maybe we might need fresher responsibilities, new responsibilities that give us that spring in the step again to say, this is what I needed. This is different. It's almost like when I used to teach elementary school, we would never dare keep a child in the same grade for three years with no progress. We wouldn't say, okay, well, you know what, we're just going to keep you here. Because we know at the end of that year that child's looking for something new. So mm -hmm. I think for us, we're always looking for something new. Absolutely. You also talk about what makes your heart sing. Oh. That's, that's an interesting one because not everybody understands it, but it's what, I, get, I think it's exactly what you're saying, what makes your heart Sing. What makes your heart happy? What makes your heart filled? Yes, yes. And again, this is we're not talking about easy things. We're talking about projects or activities that just make us feel good. And again, getting back to joy work, it, it draws on your particular excellence. That means that you have gifts or strengths or talents that you feel like you're putting in a space that allow your heart to sing, and that's what's making it sing, that you're, you're putting the best parts of you, you're matching them up to good use. You don't feel like you have any talents that are just going to sleep, that are lying dormant. You feel like they're all being put to work in the way that you've decided works best for you. So if you're talking to a group of women or men who really are unhappy in their job, what are some other things you tell them to do? Because obviously for many people, Asia, they can't just get up and quit their job tomorrow. No, 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 no. And, and, and today with the climate, what I would say is getting back to what we've discussed in terms of keeping track. Make a, make, take a notebook, take a journal, write down some dreams that maybe I call it, um, you know, trying something old. I call it try something old. You might have had dreams or gifts or things that you wanted to do years ago and you decided maybe you were too old, you couldn't do them anymore, or the time isn't right, or you're raising kids, or it could be anything. But just write them down, really, at this point. Keep doing your job. Do the best job you can do. Opportunities always open up when, we, when we're open to them. Um, but also opportunities open up when we have a good spirit and we have a good 
attitude, and people notice that. But in the same respect, keep a note of things, because like you did, Patricia, you realized that there was something that you wanted to do a couple years in the future, and when the opportunity presented itself and the door opened, you were ready to step in. And so that's what I'm really saying to listeners, that you, you work the best for what you have today, but at the same time, have a vision for what you want to do later on. And it doesn't matter how far-fetched it may seem, how silly it may seem. You don't even have to tell anybody about it. Just write it down for you and keep it in a safe place where you say, you know what, when the time is right, this is the one thing I want to do. The problem is we're not dreaming, Patricia. We're not well, dreaming. We're yeah, not and I think the other thing I want to say about that, Asia, is sometimes what we don't realize is we dream and we think about it, as you said, and we um, we change the way our brain chemistry is in a way because we start believing it. And then right. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one day, it just happens. Yeah. And we say, what, what just happened? How, how come that happened? I've always wanted that. Well, it's because you've also programmed yourself. Exactly. And the energy comes to you, and those vibes, they find you out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, I'll never forget, I was taking... Um, the teaching exam, and I had to pass. I had to pass the writing part of this teaching exam, or I couldn't teach. There's 70 questions, Patricia. 70 essay questions. You're only going to get two, but you didn't know which two you were going to get. And I reviewed all 70, but I had my eyes set on this one question. I said, "I sure hope I get this question. I sure hope I get this question." And I went like that for about two months. And do you know when the questions came up on the screen, there were two essay questions, and the one I wanted was number two. And I stared at the screen for 35 seconds with my mouth dropped open. I said, I can't believe I got this question. It was amazing. But when you put it out there, it's am- we don't know where it's going to come from, and that doesn't matter. Just have the thought. Write it down. And also, when things are not going well at work, just go back and open it. It just gives you so much more to look forward to. It really does. Mm, which is so true. All right, we have a few minutes left. Let's talk about um, create your work, create your wealth, and about the workbook that you have. Yes. Well, create your work, create your wealth is uh, what I have is I have a little campaign going on. It's called Raise the Joy of 50,000. And I, it's called Raise the Joy of 50,000 Women. But at this point, it's women, it's men, it's whoever can use it. And there's a free... Um, download PDF actually on the website, which gives um, listeners a free sample of the first chapter. But basically, it's a small little 23-page book, and it is um, wrapped around just ideas that we can use in our lives to start to create more creative conversations so that we're not getting, we don't want to get drawn into people's negative conversations or conversations of fear and worry. Uh, we're all concerned, but we don't want it to take over our lives. So I wanted to have a little map where people could have a guided exercise where they could really start to think creatively and say, okay, what can I do about this? I, I don't want to feel victimized, so what can I do about this? And um, is it okay if I share that uh, website? Sure, of course. Okay. It is Bud URL. so that's B as in boy, U-D-U-R-L, dot com forward slash feed your soul book. So again that's budurl.com forward slash feed your soul book. And it has 
just a bunch of different things. If people want to share little excerpts of, and with their friends in social media, that's there. We also have something called Host a Feed Your Soul event, and that I'm really excited about because it has more guided questions. It has little cards that men and women can share with friends and the free downloads on there, and they can share over social media, they can share in their homes, they can share by phone, but it's a way of just keeping people encouraged and inspired and keeping those creative conversations going. Terrific. All right. So do you do counseling as well as group work, Asia? I do, actually. I do a lot of, I do, I do consulting. I actually call them glow sessions. But I do consulting one-on-one, and um, my website has plenty of information about that as well, and that's centeredselfworldwide.com. And, again, that's centeredselfworldwide.com. And I have my contact and email. I'll be, I'll be glad to support. All right. Let me read again about Asia. So we will, we will close with the bio, and you will know how to contact Asia Shuid Clark. She's the founder of Centered Self Worldwide, and in 90 days, she takes women from overworked and overwhelmed to relaxed and energized. And she's the author of three books, Create Your Work, Create Your Wealth, uh, You Time, and Love and Love You. And uh, you can write to her again, and let's give the website again, please. It's centeredselfworldwide.com. And right. that's for support and for consulting. And then for any of the Feed Your Soul information, that's budurl.com forward slash Feed Your Soul Book. Okay. And I'm going to give your email, which is Asia, A-S-I-A, at centeredselfworldwide.com. Yes. All right, and people can find you on Facebook and on Twitter as well. Absolutely, yes. All right, closing thoughts. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? What's your message about uh, being unhappy at work and overcoming it? The one thing I would love to leave with people is to know that you can, you are not alone. Anything that's going on right now, is only temporary. So no matter how challenging it is, it is only temporary. And so really give yourself, value your thoughts, value your ideas. That's the one thing I can say. No matter what you're thinking about for your future, um, no matter how silly you may think it is, no matter how old you are or what education you did or didn't get, didn't get, just value your thoughts and value your feelings and follow those instincts. All right. Thank you so much, Asia, for being on the program. Oh, thank you, Patricia, for having me. Thank you. Stay on the line. All right, folks, remember, you can write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com. Go to my website. I have uh, two other radio shows in the Providence, Rhode Island area um, on broadcast radio, and I have my wonderful show right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Remember, stay healthy. Stay happy. Get the support you need and know that you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. For Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Bye for now.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.